Welcome to Patch Notes. I'm Trevor Strongkegelbun on Twitter, and I'm here, as always, with uh, Mr. John Bernhard. John, hello. How are you? I am fantastic, Trev. Are you? No. I, we <laughs> do this every week. Um, well, I mean, you I mean, usually... I, nothing bad has happened. Okay. I mean, we're actually doing a actual, like, today is a week from the last recording we did. Yeah, pretty is, good, honestly, um, for us. Yeah, for us. Is kind of a, an accomplishment. So there just haven't been enough days, maybe, for things to to go to uh, go fully bad. Go fully bad o- outside of stuff that's happening in all of your lives too, like politics. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the other thing about it is like it is finally a time where there is news, right? Like there is stuff happening in yep. games, so we don't have to kind of hem and haw over like, well, do we record on like the six things that like insomniac games tweeted last week or whatever like it's yeah. it's it's fine it's whatever like it feels a little better to be doing that instead of i don't know uh it feels a little better to be doing this instead of just like constantly worrying about if we have any content at all although it does feel a bit light in content since for us being like a month away from a new console dropping yeah new fair i mean the, the new console is going to drop and none of the stuff is going to come out for it until much later so <laughs> it feels like all the exclusives are just remasters. Yeah, uh, we do our most our, our first story. Our one big story this week is actually about uh, a game that is like one of the few launch window games um, for yeah. the new consoles, and was one of the most hotly anticipated games uh, for those consoles. It feels like enthusiasm for this game has gone down with every new thing we find out about it oh oh it's ebbed all right i mean it's still gonna sell a million like a a billion copies but like um yeah i mean people are not i I would say like i was excited about this game three years ago um i'm not now it's been three years yeah all sorts of reasons um we're talking about cyberpunk 2077 cyberpunk 2077 yeah i don't know like i i know smart people who are still excited about this game uh uh Nick's Nick's Kenny, uh, aka Black Messiah on Twitter, is a is a big proponent of of this. Um, if, if Kenny listens to the show, so if if, um, if you heard me call you Nick's Kenny, I'm sorry. That's uh, very unfair. Uh, NBA Kenny, uh, smart Kenny. Uh, but no, like it's um, there are a lot of smart people who are excited about this game, and I get it. Like it's it's a it's a serious AAA release. It's a new franchise, which is something I've been griping about a lot. Um, it's not a remaster. Another thing I've been griping about a lot. Um, I mean, these people, this company just put out one of the best um, computer RPGs of all time, in The Witcher yep. 3. Um, so, you know, you, you get into it with that pedigree. You get into it with that excitement. Watching the gameplay, um, hanging yep. out with all the uh, the extremely lazy ethnic gangs. Um you know, my my expectations maybe lowered a bit to, like, Deus Ex Human Revolution or whatever the first one of those was called. Oh, wow. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think I have a lot more affection for that game than uh, maybe the general general marketplace did. It certainly mm-hmm. didn't perform well on the sequel, no, uh, Mankind no, Divided. Um, but it, it sort of does feel... it. A lot of how the gameplay is set up on that looks like 
you're deciding, you know, you, your quote-unquote choice is limited to, okay, do I go in the front door shooting? Do I go in through the vent? Do I use my electronic skill to unlock the back door? You know, the flattening of choice into tactical decisions based on what skill trees you've Very uh, Fallout 3. With. Fallout 4. Like uh, it, it, well, it feels... I think it'll be a bit better than that. <laughs> I'm hoping well, it'll be a bit better than that. Sure. Um, but, you know, uh, one of the problems with Human Revolution when it came out was there was uh, no way to... They, they fixed this eventually with a uh, second studio coming in to redo the boss fights. But wow. uh, you could do all the um, you could do all the non-lethal shit in the world that you wanted, but once you got to the boss fights, you had to kill them in the original release of the game. <laughs> That's pretty um, funny. Which means that if you weren't, like... It, it, for some people, it became not like a choice. Like, obviously, it's bad when the game sets itself up like that but forces you to play lethal to win a boss fight. But, you know, for people who are prepared for doing a non-lethal run or whatever, uh, some people just weren't actually kitted out to be able to defeat these bosses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, it is it is a it's a funny thing to think about, too, because it is a very... Um, boy, how to say this? Like, it's a very pre... Metal Gear Solid 2 kind of thing, right? Where, like, I feel like since we've had Metal Gear Solid, um, it, like, we've known how to do non-lethal boss battles. Mm -hmm. uh, or Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, we've known well, how I to mean, do... Non I guess you could do non-lethal in Metal Gear Solid 1, too. Like, Kojima it's just... sort of cheated there. Like, creating kind of. a different set of... It was the same thing. You just had to attack a different life track. Like, well, sure. But on. I mean, like... You're, but you're talking... I mean, you are talking about, like a uh like a much earlier version of this where like i think the actual sort of switch there was okay you don't have to kill these bosses like that was the main thing that was changed mm. uh yeah of course like it's a cheat but like it's a cheat that is actually kind of like substantive yeah um I mean, but in this case like wait and was really easy to implement because they're yeah, like, changing absolutely nothing yeah i feel like i feel like UI. if you can't do that better like however many years down the line um that's not good yeah, uh, and and that sort of the reason I say that is because that's sort of where we're going with Cyberpunk. It's Cyberpunk looks like it's going to be doing doing stuff that uh, other games have already done better um, uh, a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm not exactly going to be sad if it's just a really big good uh, another one of those day uh, new Deus Ex games um, with a new mm -hmm. IP. I mean, I'll, I'll be pretty much fine with. Uh, I was not particularly impressed by the, uh, the very first thing they released for that was the uh like the 10 minute story trailer oh yeah yeah, yeah. that was um, uh, wasn't that on on stream didn't they do that yeah it was but then it was before the pandemic it was like some it was like the last was well before e the pandemic as i recall yeah it was like it was the last it was before the last e3 that they actually held i'm not sure if it was the uh the keanu e3 where they revealed uh, oh yeah, I don't uh, slight participation in the game. You know, I think it was the Keanu. E3. Been, I think yeah. that was like the E3 era of or like of um, Cyberpunk, where like yeah. we were just getting tons of updates. Um, so that really struck me. Like, uh, am I watching Westworld here? Am I watching? <laughs> you know, am I watching what video games think prestige television work transferred into video games would look like? Um, you know, with the, like, you know, the tastefully nude, beautiful woman who had also been, like, had her organs stolen. Uh, yeah, like, sure. is this supposed to be hot or not? Question mark. Um, and, and not <laughs> really, you, like, and not really, like, challenging, you know, you really can't, challenging your, is done. Your, 
and, and that's what king about... shaming means oh yeah yeah okay um but yeah no it's yeah it's it's like it felt it felt very soulless then it's like i guess like to say to sort of like tie it back into not just us complaining about uh cyberpunk and i say this mostly for myself because i can complain about my feelings towards it a lot because i think uh cd project red has absolutely mismanaged it beyond all you know expectations this is truly just a nightmare but um they did uh we learned today that um you know uh, favorite target of mine uh and and you know a lot of people tell me this is uh, unfair but favorite target of mine online uh for being just kind of uh unreasonably uh believing of people uh jason trier uh posted that despite project uh, cd project red having a an interview uh with him saying that they would never do crunch uh guess what's happening <laughs> i mean i think it's a bit unfair to be to, to make fun of him for that he's not going to be able to go over there with like everyone you know, says it's unfair when like... i make fun of him he is working at blueberg it is the corniest guy and okay never, never mind it doesn't matter see but... uh, see here's the thing as a media guy who got laid off from three media outlets in uh three consecutive years uh for pivot to video bullshit for uh investors buying the ip the 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 the, the holding company and just shutting everything down from all that my basic, you know, threshold for is this guy a shithead as it starts is is he scabbing? Mm-hmm. Trier's not scabbing, so he's not if, scabbing. Okay. If he's going, if he's if Bloomberg's where he has to make his money, can't really judge. Okay, look, I'm not calling him a bad person. I'm not super interested in in debating his worth as a person or not. My concern here is more like I don't think he's a very good reporter, and I think everyone just thinks he is for some reason. Yeah, he's like, got scoops. I, I, I guess, but as we learned, this scoop is not a scoop. Yeah, it this is. This was a lie uh, that that was presented as a scoop. Um, and as I recall, when it was presented, it was presented as a uh, good for CD Projekt Red. They're not mm-hmm. going to do crunch. Um, and the only skepticism was, well, they might do a little crunch and not call it crunch, but it won't be crunch. And uh, turns out, crunch is happening. Yep. I mean, they didn't have to, like this is a totally unforced error on CD Projekt Red's part. They didn't have to go to the reporter and say, we're going to brag about this. They didn't really get anything out of it. Everyone thought they were lying then, too. Like, as you just said, mm-hmm. like, we all, the, the thought was, okay, they're going to try to letter of the law it, and they're going to do crunch, but they're not going to call it crunch. No one trusted them. No, every, everyone's response was, oh, we'll believe it when we see it, and now what do we see? Totally unforced error on their part. I don't really uh, begrudge it, Schreier, on, on either part of this. Maybe he should have been a bit more credulous uh, when these guys came to him directly saying, we want to make a promise, but if someone comes to you and says, I want to make a promise written down in paper, and you blast it out there to the world, when they break it, it's not coming back on you, it's coming back on them. Yeah, it should. And, like, it, it, it's fair. Like, I think one of the things that I am uh, I'm guilty of is sort of missing the forest for the trees here, insofar as, like, the bad guy here is 100% CD Projekt Red. Um uh, for just implementing uh, crunch when they said they wouldn't. But, I mean, you know, it didn't matter if they said they wouldn't or they promised they would. It's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like, you know, the game's been delayed how many times at this point? I don't know. Um, quite a few. Uh, and now they're saying, like, oh, it's been delayed so long that we have to, we have to like, kind of abuse our employees just a little bit to get, to get it out the door. Um, and, uh, you know, predictably enough, uh, no one's happy about that. Yeah, it does sort of prove wrong something I said on the show earlier. My theory about the delays was that they were being 
basically they were they were paper delays, fake delays mm-hmm. uh, that were they were basically going to be vamping until they got actual firm release dates on the new consoles. Um, and, that was yeah. my theory. And no, turns out um, they are actually significantly behind in whatever work they're doing. Um, I mean, they may have been doing that, and then just like it turned out, they also were really behind. Yeah. Because um, like with the, the actual sort of like thing where they're like actually we're, we're super behind guys came after they realized what the consoles were coming out. So I mean, your 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 point isn't completely wrong. Um, but yeah, no, I I don't know. It's uh it's crummy. It's a it's a crum- it's crummy news from a studio that has just. I don't know, like, I, when's the last time they did anything that made you feel good? Witcher 3. And it took oh, me yeah, six, okay. six times to get into that, but Witcher 3. Th- I mean, that's like, can <laughs> you... Six years ago? You, yeah, I, that's like, I, yeah. I, it's a, a legendary game in a lot of ways, but um, it is uh, also... Um, See, that's just... It's just How old it. is it? So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good six years old. That's just the reality of the situation, unfortunately, is that they're going to get pass after pass after pass when they put yeah. out games like they do. Like, Rockstar oh, sure. gets this. Naughty Dog gets this. Um, uh, yeah, right. I'll, honestly, of the three, CD Projekt Red might, you know, it, you know. Maybe be, two, yeah, I yeah. mean, they're I mean, sort of like we haven't the, had, the ones that are closest to being the annoying people online, but at the same point, like. I don't know who cares. I mean, we have we don't have stories about them A/B testing every part of their game with secret cameras that the uh, that the uh, head of development is. Oh like, God, watching. I hope that's like, true. I this is another true. reason I like Shires. Uh, I'm inclined to like Shires because he and Druckmann hate each other, um, or at least got gotten to multiple Twitter spats um, when uh, the Last of Us Two came out, which mm. Druckmann did not come out looking good on at all, no matter it's how true. you feel about Shire. Well, no, I yeah, Druckmann looked worse than Trier in those. I just I find Trier's tweet to be silly when he's like, "I was made a promise." And, uh, but anyway, whatever. Uh, it is it is true that we are getting some crunch, and it does not look good. Like it yeah. just doesn't look good for the company, and uh, they should uh, I don't know they should be ashamed of themselves. It's not good. Yeah. It's bad. Um, luckily, they live in a country with much better employment laws than America, so everyone will be hmm. getting paid. The overtime they are due. Yeah, Poland. Uh, well, leaps. Poland, which is now basically like a right wing. It's it's falling to a right wing. Um, I don't want to call it dictatorship, but the, it, they're having similar problems with their democratic processes as we are, um, but with a much larger, uh, I believe, right wing support in the public itself. Uh, they still manage to be far far ahead of us on uh, workplace safety, workplace guarantees, wage guarantees, all that stuff. Okay, you bleeding heart. Um, anyway, yeah, it's it's a shame. Um, so, I mean, I guess the the only question left is whether everyone's going to play this game, and my guess is everyone will. Mm-hmm. I doubt. I doubt this is going to be the end of CD Projekt Red. Um, much like RDR Two was not the end of Rockstar. People just play the games and forget about the labor stuff. Um, it's depressing, but it's true. Uh, I wish I didn't have such a dour point there, but. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, I'm not even sure that a a uh, sales end boycott is a effective, let alone reasonable way of fighting it. Yeah. Uh, right. we, we, we come to talking to the next about the next. I was going to say, can we can we get to the next point? Yeah. Talking this about this a sales, is a bit. This is where boycott. boycott is a bit more. You know, is a bit more useful in your toolbox, um, because this isn't a labor rights issue. It's a public. It's more of a public morality. Um, social justice issue uh that exists mm-hmm. outside the game sphere outside the labor actions going on if you want to end crunch you need to unionize 
not mm-hmm. boycott game. Like, there's just really no way to do it on the sales end that's going to... No, I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah, I mean, like, the sales end, if you want to, if you want to talk about, like, oh, like, crunch, crunch, like, we, we need to stop buying, uh, I mean, uh, consumer, consumer activism doesn't work, it's a lie, yeah. so, you know, whatever, uh, but yeah, I, uh, in any case, um, there is something going on that is a little more, uh, as you say, socially driven, um, and uh, it is, it, it has to do with everyone's favorite Wizarding, uh, wizarding boy himself, uh, Mr. Harry Potter. Oh, Mr. Potter is nowhere near this game. Both Radcliffe. I know, I know, and... but he, he, he lent his. I mean, and even the why, character. Why else is it? The character oh, yes, isn't char- anywhere near it either. I know, but <laughs> the reason everyone's buying it is because the character is who he is. But in any case, it's actually not even him. It's, uh, it's the wizarding woman herself, uh, Miss J.K. Rowling. Yeah, uh, who is, uh, um. I don't know. If you don't know what J.K. Rowling's been up to, you probably don't care about Harry Potter, in which case you probably don't care about this news. But um, The miserly queen you know, of it, the turfs from her dour yeah, mutant isle. She's, she's like, absolutely become, like, a hardline uh, turf. Like, she's very... And she would say we were, we were slurring her by saying that. Like, it is, it is very much a, you know, J.K. Rowling hates trans people kind of life uh, at this point for J.K. Rowling. Um you know, she's yeah. just she's she's committed to it, right? Like, and and she'll tell you that she has friends who are actually trans people, and we're being unfair. Uh, That's but, fine. I that mean, doesn't that argument doesn't work with black with you know my friends no. are black either. So, but uh, like, we, we are, know, it, we're just lucky that we're beyond the reach of the UK libel law, which is uh, designed solely for people in power to shut up people without money. Yeah, it's one of the only places we're good. So uh, yeah, sorry, uh, I don't think J.K. Rowling has a leg to stand on here, and I don't have to pretend like she does. Um, so uh yeah rallying has been the the source of quite a bit of um controversy because of her own uh, statements no, nothing that she hasn't done um and a new harry potter game is coming out and so that has fallen into the crosshairs as well and there's been a lot of um gnashing of teeth about this we uh, uh yeah we, we talked about it a little bit last week um the the significant thing that happened this week was warner brothers uh Warner Brothers Games president David Haddad um, came out, and let me see. Let's see. I'm going to read his entire statement, his full statement. Uh, It's real good. You should. (laughs) Not a lot I can comment on other than since we did get so many questions, uh, questions is in brackets here, I wanted to be responsive the best way I could. The way I think I'd like to do it is I'd like to echo something you've heard from our most senior executive leadership. While J.K. Rowling is the creator of Harry Potter, and we're bringing that to life with the power of Portkey. All right, parenthetical. I love it. I love it. He is so Bring it in there. He got it it right in. He got it right in. in there. Uh, In many places, she's a private citizen also. I think in many places is attached to Portkey, not her being a private citizen. She's a private citizen pretty much everywhere. Uh, (laughs) And that means she's entitled to express her personal opinion on social media. I may not agree with her. Can I interrupt you by saying in America, Portkey is also a private citizen? (laughs) Yes. Uh, I may not. Well, in in Boris Johnson's UK and Tony Blair's UK, I'm pretty sure it's it's pretty close. Um, I I may not agree with her, and I might not agree with their stance on a range of topics, but I can agree that she has the right to hold her opinions. I might not. That's so uh, I only bad. might. He, he, you know, he doesn't. We don't know for sure. He's not willing to commit to for sure whether or not he disagrees with uh, Rowling. So, as we looked at it yesterday, last week, uh, Rowling's name is basically nowhere on this game. 
probably never will be. Um, yeah, no, and I, I don't think she minds. I assume that once it comes out, she will get a, based on the works of J.K. Rowling, somewhere in the credits. It will not be a prominent place in the credits. Uh, it probably will be like second or third or fourth build after some actual people. Um, but you can't do Harry Potter without essentially doing first billing on on J.K. Rowling. Yeah, and, well, and I mean, everyone's going to know it's there. Good luck. I mean, yeah. The thing isn't, the problem isn't that, like, people are worried about her talking about it too much or about the game. Like, we're worried that, like, J.K. Rowling was going to be a character in the game or something. People are worried about that this is just going to make her richer and give her more money right. to use in her campaign against transgender people. Yes. Um, you know, is it, giving her money here is a material, uh, is material aid is what it is. Uh, right. To someone yeah, who is no, using well their fortune in, I believe she's in Scotland, um, uh, to very significantly impact trans people and their rights in that community. So you are funding just that. Pay, paying mom's nets, uh, um, hosting bills and stuff like that, yeah. I'm sure. So you buy a Harry Potter game, you're supporting that. You buy something from Pottermore, you're supporting that. You buy a one of the books, you're supporting that. You buy one of the TV shows, I assume there's going to be TV shows eventually. There uh, always is. And obviously the movies, you're supporting that. Uh, you're pir pirating them? Well, I can't judge you. Um, just don't talk about it. I don't want to hear about Harry Potter. Um, but, you know, it, it, the, the, the question here is giving financial support. Like, and people are going to try, people did try, as we mentioned last week, to turn this into a labor issue, to transmute yes, this into, like, the crunch thing. They're two and very I, different things. Yeah, like, a million, a million devs were like, ah, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that take came from uh, a former community manager, so a former PR person uh, <laughs> for one of the studios. So I guess they were just, you know, doing their old job by reflex. Hey, why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this is a bummer, uh, in a lot of ways. It's, I, I think the thing to say is it's not, um, unexpected, right? Yep. Like, this isn't surprising that, that, that we would get this from the, 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 the head of Warner Brothers Studios, right? Like, no one's really shocked by this, right? Yep. Um, also, uh, this is from your old buddy, Jason. Uh, okay, later sure. in the Q&A, Haddad answered a question about diversity and inclusion by adding that WB Games is working with LGBTQ rights orgs and that he spent an hour and a half talking to the director of transmedia representation at GLAD. Oh, great. An hour oh. and a half. Wow. 90 yeah, minutes. No, it's good now. He's it's fine. Now. It's He's fine. Uh, I feel really bad for suggesting that he might not be good. Trans like, people have been seen. Trans people have been heard. What? Boy, I really, I really need to rethink my my uh, terrible, terrible skepticism in uh, in talking about this person because clearly, um, I mean, I'm he, in the wrong. He's listening. He's learning, just like Joe Biden. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that. We'll probably have more news from this um, at some point. Games. I mean, it's a big release. It's going to be a big release. I mean, frankly, I think so. that IP is just too big to. Ever for fail? the for the yeah for the cost benefit to ever oh, not be in favor of the game, one hundred percent. Like, you yeah, could, are you kidding me? I yeah. I mean, if you asked me, and I the only thing I cared about was making money. Uh, well, do you think it's worth putting out a Harry Potter game? Yes, yeah, yes, a million in fact, times. We've been putting yes, out like three sell. a year. Most of them aimed at kids, and uh, like they still sell. Like it's yeah. it's still making up the 
like far and away the 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 whatever windfall we want it to right mm -hmm. like it's, so yeah I it mean, may not be their most their most valuable ip because they still have batman and superman floating around but it's very close mm -hmm. yeah yeah no it's it's uh i don't know and it's just like it i we're gonna see more of it and you know what that's just is what it is it's like that's just I don't know. That's how it, that's how it's going to work, um, and we can't get away from that. And and this is also why the the Warner Brothers Studio guy said what he did, which is like, you know, they just they that's what they're going to say. It makes us money. <laughs> what else do you want from us? Yep. They may as well say like we're just we're like we're parasites. Yep. Fun times. Um, uh, so what else? More fun here? times. I, did you guys you guys like that? Uh, it's like that game, uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, the other launch title. Uh, this, I, I believe, Spider-Man Miles Morales is going to be is supposed to actually be a launch title, like day one, um, for the PS5, uh, which makes sense because it's like an expansion pack. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a DLC expansion um, for the PS4 Spider-Man game, uh, which recently somehow um, appears that the uh, Peter Parker in that game got whiter. Ah, yes, of course. Um, no, what they actually did was they changed out the face ca uh, the face cap model. So uh, the way a lot of these work is um, the reason a lot of like these digitally facially scanned actors don't look exactly like their real counterparts is both one because uh, there's something I actually weird. found this fascinating. <laughs> yes, yeah, something weird about um, you know taking a person wholesale and making them a digital actor instead of having them voice something. But more importantly, because usually the face cap, uh, when it's not an actual actor, like it's not when you haven't, you're not, when you haven't hired um, someone to do both the voice and the, and the, uh, the facial stuff, uh, the, the body, the body capture, uh, mm -hmm. you need to get a face cap uh, from the voice actor. In this case, I believe it's Jerry Lowenthal. Um, and you need to get a face cap from the body actor, uh, who previously was, uh, a guy named, uh, John Bub Bubniak, Bubniak. I mean, it's weird that you're saying all of this way, because these are all household names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ben Jordan is the young man who has come in to replace him. Uh, and there's been some controversy about this. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to tell people who, what to care about online. Um, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. I've cared is, about much dumber stuff online than this. There are certain demographics that I'm not a part of that uh, view these, frankly, interchangeably attractive young male models as the thing they care about online. And uh, John uh, John Bubniak getting knifed in the back so Ben Gordon's rise can continue uh, is a big deal to them, I'm, I'm sure. I was really, actually, I was really mad when Ben uh, overtook Peter in the comics, too. So. Yeah. Um, uh, no, uh, Scarlet Spider Forever. Scarlet mm. Spider Forever. I am I am a Ben Riley head. This is what is this the second time in three episodes? May have been the second comments. or third time this has come up. Horrible. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so like I think I think the 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 main question I have here is, uh, does anyone think that um, the new model looks better? Because uh, not that not the man himself. I don't care about that. Uh, I and I again like I don't care if people care about it. That's okay. You're allowed to care about what you want to care about. I'm, just not, I'm not judging you. Um, not here anyway. But I, I, I am wondering, like, the actual look does not seem to be yeah, good. It, I think they want him to look... It looks kind of bad. They want him to look more like Tom Holland. Um, but it, it just... Which sort it of insults like both they, these guys. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Because they want I mean, it, one of the other boys. 
it looks like they took it looks like they took like a it looks like they took the the like a a, a textured sort of like worked out look of like what this character would look like right mm. and just put it through the bloom filter and we're like okay cool now it's flat and like has a shine <laughs> like it looks bizarre yeah uh, i would say that the looking. screenshots we've gotten are not particularly flattering we'll have to wait to see how it looks in game um and obviously there's gonna be a wide range of how it looks in game because you've got this product uh launching on the ps5 and the ps4 at the same time um great great to have a remaster of something on the same system that it came out on yeah uh very cool good good idea want to point out miles nothing but praise for what he looks like um they yeah, got him, no, they got him fine. correct uh peter peter's still uh still playing catch up here um I well, Peter's always going to be playing catch up. I, I like because that's that's the thing, right? Like that's what most people care about a lot. Um, and not that they, people don't care about Miles, but you're going to see less people caring about Miles than just like the the average fan. Like the average fan is going to play this game and be like, "Well, what does Peter look like?" Um, is going to be what they care about. Well, that's because the people who care about Peter are the people with disposable income. Like our yeah. entire culture is focused on these on the the late. The early, the young Gen Z, late millennial cohort, uh, we who are the last people to have these jobs, which allow them to put significant amounts of income into uh, entertainment bullshit. The rest of us are kind of the younger millennials. Um, you know, we're we're kind of fucked completely. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't we we can't buy the two thousand dollar collector statue. We can't buy the, you know, the three ninety nine collector's edition uh, game. You can. It's just you know, yeah. it's not gonna. It's not a wise choice. Uh, and if you want to, if you want a good explanation for why you know all these IPs from the eighties just keep coming back and won't die, even after being brought back badly in like a decade ago or two decades ago. When was that Battleship movie? Remember the GI Joe oh, relaunch? Yeah. You know that that period of. T- yeah, that was weird. When they were the trying to start, like, a Hasbro cinematic bizarre. universe. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Um, but the, none of that stuff's ever going going away until... Oh, yeah, because the people who have disposable income are the people who would buy that, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're going to control the culture until either we get the disposable income somehow or capitalism falls. Um, neither seems pretty likely, I'm going to say, in the next 20 years or so. Well, one has to happen, or the other does, I suppose. No, uh, maybe things just or get not. worse. No, no, actually, bit. they can just be the same. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, the same, but a little um, bit worse. Um, but yeah, it's um, I don't know, like, it's, uh, I, 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 like, like we said, if you care about this, that's fine. Um, I would never gainsay you on that. I think like the way this game looks is um, kind of grim to me. Like, it, the the look of the new game does not look good. I mean, yeah, I, 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 if I'm being honest, I never could get into how the PS4 Spider-Man game looked in the first place. I don't think the combat looks that fun. I was kind of impressed by uh, how much of the city they were able to load in at a time uh, with the basic PS4 and still maintain that performance. But yeah. if all you've got for me is like, oh, I'm vaguely impressed with this technical feature of the overworld, and that's my biggest positive takeaway... Um, yeah, not the best. Not yeah. the best. Uh, I've I've said it before, but uh, it's really the the Arkham games have really cast a pall over the superhero action genre. Uh, the Spider Man should not be Batman with jokes. Uh, he should not be like endlessly beating up trash mobs. Like Spider Man's <laughs> like that's okay. Batman's thing, yes, he goes out and he violently assaults people because he's Batman. 
He's a psychotic warlord who views Gotham as his property. Uh, Peter Parker doesn't, and Miles Morales don't need to be doing that. They don't need to be putting 20 people in a hospital a night. Right, um, yes. You know, and, and while the Arkham games worked as this, because they weren't even pretending to be real. Those those games were like fever dreams. Oh, silly. Like just yeah. these, these, these ridiculous cartoons, feverish cartoons of a city that's just, you know, covered in grotesque. Uh, you know, it wasn't, the, it was sort of like, it was the, not the same aesthetic as the Burton version of Gotham, but sort of the same louder-than-life approach where, yeah, like, sure. all everything's either old, uh, decrepit, um, gothic horror, or just, you know, you know, hideous urban sprawl from, like, modern urban fantasy horror. Um, and nothing seems real, and nothing, everything seems like an allegory to something else, and there's no real people, like, involved in any of this. Everyone's sort of a caricature of some sort or another. Yeah. Um, and Robin looks like he's a 31-year-old UFC fighter for some reason. Um, Why not? Yeah. Um, like, everyone looks like they're... Every man looks like he's from the NFL. Every woman looks like she's from a strip club. Um, you know, that's the sort of thing that they're doing in that series. And you take it to Spider-Man, New York City. Reasonable, normal-looking people. A lot of, you know... Uh, focus on a quote-unquote true New York experience type thing, you know. Uh, you saw this especially in the Miles trailer with the street festival and all that all mm. that stuff. Um, and it, it, it just does, and the, you know, having Spidey set up um, Scorpion devices for the NYPD just doesn't feel right or good. <laughs> um, Spidey, you know, breaking and entering and beating the shit out of a street gang in their own pad doesn't feel good especially not when he's like sneaking around to do it uh like stealth spidey no doesn't really doesn't really ring yeah. for me yeah uh so I, I kind of disliked how that game approached that stuff to begin with uh i am probably at some point going to get a ps5 uh probably the discless one and i will just surrender to uh our new gamer overlords who uh don't oh, yeah. let us to own games got anymore to. uh and, got at, to. and at that point i'll play um both the base game and Miles Morales, uh, all the way through. Um, we'll see how I feel about it then. But I, you know, I've I've watched a couple hours of footage of people playing it. Um, we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, the other place to go with this is okay. You you don't need to like give the guy death threats for taking the job. Of no, of no, I think that's bizarre. I, yeah, if, if you're I mean, doing that, 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 that then literally I applies you. to everything online though. Now every interaction. You know, has to have the all right, but no death threats part of the conversation. It's insane. <laughs> it's like the uh, it's like the end of um, Blazing Saddles, except much much stranger. Yeah. Um, all right, the death threats too. Um, so I mean that we're kind of out of news for the week, um, unless you we care are... about World of Warcraft. Uh, World of War. Warcraft's oh, World of Warcraft. Yeah, got uh, Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, if you're into World of Warcraft, that must be bad news. Um, I mean, maybe they're pushing. If the good news, maybe the good news about it is they've pushed it back to mid-October. Shadowlands, I believe it's called. They've pushed mm -hmm. it back to mid-October. If they push it back another week, or maybe even another two weeks, you might be in a situation where if you're really into World of Warcraft, the expansion will drop, and you'll be in Azeroth raiding completely, doing that 20 hours a day, zoned in, focused, mind adhering to the World of Warcraft, uh, and you'll be able to just skip the election. And all the, everything that comes out out of it. You, oh, you that'd be so great! Emerge from a, a gamer fugue three three weeks later, and um, just find out what happened. And to like half the cities in America being smoking rubble. 
Whatever. You yeah. Were, you were in Azeroth. Yeah. It's fine. So you know, maybe maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is like, and maybe in general, this is a this is a plan uh, for those of you who um, uh, maybe don't have. Uh, I don't want to tell you what to do. What happens if the election goes a certain number of ways? But you know, if you're not going to do the stuff we can't talk about. Maybe mm. the stuff you want to do instead is lock yourself in a gamer fugue for yeah, the, for a I month or so. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it's good self care. I mean, it, you know, and obviously we, protest or whatever. We roll our eyes at the you know, self at the self care uh, discourse and all, and, yeah. and of course, being out in the streets will be better than being playing games or whatever. But um, it's not a bad thing if you can't handle it to just go ahead and uh, get in a gamer fugue. Yep. There are worse choices. Um, Speaking of gamer fugues, what have you been fuging on? I am lately, still John? in to Hades. I have finally gotten the um, the Ma- true making ending. it a full year. Yes, two years. It's been I've two years. I've played nothing but Hades. Um, it is it is my game of the year again. I think it was my game of the year in 2019 as well. Um, I finally got the final credits, and it checked the last box for me, which is that um, the only thing I thought Bastion had over it was the soundtrack. Um, and they finally, okay. they finally, with the credit music the, for the true credits for the real ending, they finally put out a banger and uh, and 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 pushed Hades over the finish line there too. So I am oh, I am nice. I am confident to come out here and say that it is my judgment that Hades is the best game. Super Giant Games was probably the best small studio in terms of uh hits to uh yeah hits to misses and and size like all four of their games i think have been bangers uh pyre was you know the hardest to get into because it was like narratively driven fantasy basketball um which is fun but has you know it it doesn't have the very uh immediately available gameplay loop let's say that a combat focused roguelike does um just all bangers. Hades is their best game, and that is about a co- a company that only basically only puts out games of the year. Like sometimes they're yeah. like they're like controversial game of the year pick, uh, like Transistor and. Pyre. I was gonna say Transistor is the is sort of like the dark horse there. Yeah, and but you know those were those were picks that you could see people making as contrarians, uh, and it being a deserve a, a game of the quality to be that contrarian pick, as opposed to like choosing Madden or something stupid like that. Right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And so while they were niche games, they were especially good uh, implementations of those niches. Uh, and this is, Hades is just, you know, summer blockbuster, crowd pleaser, you know, we're just going to bang out the best roguelite of all time, which I don't think yeah. is a either a incorrect statement or even a controversial statement, really. I mean, you find me the other roguelite uh, that comes up to this. Now, roguelikes, the kinds that don't have medic progression... Uh, that you know, it's just the run is the run. Yeah, we got Spelunky in there, uh, but right. sure, sure, um, sure. Yeah, we got FTL. We got you know, to a certain extent, uh, Slay the Spire is a roguelike. Um, I would say yeah, rogue roguelike. Yeah, that's a roguelite. It's not a roguelike. It's not a roguelite. Yeah, but uh, roguelite, it's like um, it's Hades and like maybe Dead Cells. And I'm sorry, yeah, I love I love Dead Cells, but Hades kicks Dead Cells' ass. I've heard from a lot of people who like. Dead Cells that Hades is better than Dead Cells. Yeah. And I, I can admit, I could, you know what? Dead Cells is great. I think Dead yeah. Cells is a wonderful game. It was my game of the year a while ago. Um, it was 2018, it, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. 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 That Whenever it came out of alpha, or it came out of beta, excuse me. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like, there are flaws. You know, it's, it's okay. Um, 
that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Hades might just be better. So yeah, I, uh, more power to you. I'm glad. I'm glad it's still holding up for you. Yep. Uh, if I have a complaint at this point, it's that uh, Supergiant doesn't do DLC or sequels, and uh, I want a DLC or a sequel. <laughs> I could see it happening. Yeah. I mean, this game is so big. I I, I could see it happening. Everyone always holds back on their on their uh, laurels at some point, and I feel like this might be this might be the breaking point for uh, old old Supergiant. That's true, but also true. They've been doing this game for two years in public. They might be sick of it, and they might be sick of it. Not you though. Not me. So no. like, hey, why not? Um, well, that's good. I'm glad. Um, I'm trying to think of what game. I... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I. Um... I've gotten back into, um, believe it or not, uh, for the first time, back into for the first time, uh, because I've tried to get into it twice already, uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, I'm finally actually playing Breath of the Wild. Uh, It's good. It's really good. I I don't know if you've heard this before about Breath of the Wild. I Actually, I've sort of tried to do that last week, too, because I got a a Switch recently. I mostly got it for Ring Fit Adventure, but Mm -hmm. um, I also bought Breath of the Wild. Uh, but you, you can see, I, I kind of bounced off it in ways I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I bounced off it too. I get it. I, I totally get it. Um, but I would say, for anyone who's bounced off Breath of the Wild, I would say get off the plateau and get into the world and g- get through a couple of shrines. And you will see it as a different game at that mm-hmm. point. Because that is that is where I had to get. Once you get to the shrines, it's sort of like... Uh, open world meets um, Professor Layton's style, like, ooh, puzzles, how do I beat these, meets, like, Zelda meets much better, um, uh, much, much better um, combat than in any Zelda ever. Um, it's a great game. It's just really, really good. Here's my question to you. Are you playing it with the uh, Joy-Cons or with a Pro controller? Uh, Joy-Cons. Okay, because my big thing is I- I've been doing I've did it, I think I'll, I'm not sure if I said this on on last show or on Twitter. I've played a couple different games on the Switch now, mostly RPGs, um, mm-hmm. and I really don't like the feel of the Joy Cons. Uh, they feel small well, and, and the spacing. Do you think is it's because you're a lefty? It might be. Um, I know a lot of people don't like the Joy Cons though. That's not just me, yeah. or not just you, rather. Uh, so I'm, I might be looking into getting a Pro controller, hooking it up, and seeing if I can do that. Part of the problem with, especially with this. Uh, uh, Legacy of Legrand. Or, I, I got some JRPG because it was on sale for 90% off. It was a $2 uh-huh. game. Um, without realizing that pr- pro- part of the reason it was probably discounted so heavily is it's a QTE game. Um, you know, oh, great. Yeah, great. You have to, you, every time you attack in a turn-based JRP fashion, you have to hit a QTE. You can turn it off, but you get less XP if, experience if you turn it off, uh, mm-hmm. which is infuriating to me. From a risk well, a, yeah, I mean, it's know. an RPG. Now, <laughs> that would be fine. I would have no issue with that, except I've been playing um, video games with a uh, with the Xbox controller pretty much exclusively uh, when I'm not playing PS4. For, oh, yeah. this, is my, this is my computer controller for the last um, arbitrary number of years. The position... You should, you should use... Yeah, you should get a pro controller, I think. Because honestly, I gotta say, like... Based on the games I know you like, mm-hmm. um, you will enjoy Breath of the Wild once. Did you get off the plateau? No, no. Um, okay. My, my issue with it. that was more with durability. I hate weapon okay. durability, but yeah. Oh, that's actually fun once you get a million weapons. Okay. Um, and and your your inventory fills up, and it's like, oh, no, a weapon broke. Great, I'll just pick up the next weapon I find. It, it's honestly like nice in some ways because you don't have to worry about like. 
oh, I got to get rid of this weapon to do that weapon. It just breaks and is a better hit. And you're like, all right, great. Now I just have, like, I have a stronger hit on an enemy and I get to use my other cool weapon instead. Um, but yeah, get off the plateau. Uh, get to some get to some shrines. Uh, I promise you uh, it will be fun. Yeah. But my big, my big thing with the controllers, though, is on the Nintendo Joy-Con, and I presume on their Pro Controller as well, the position of X and Y and A and B are flipped from the mm, Microsoft that's true. controller. Yeah, so you're right. So it kept, you know, it, the QTE thing was telling me to hit Y and I hit X because that's where Y should be, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, as far as I'm concerned. So I, I'm just saying maybe Congress, once we're done with, uh, once we've solved all the rest of society's problems, should look into legislation regulating these controllers, these outlaw controllers, and standardizing these buttons. Um so that uh, I don't fail QT so often. Okay. Um, All right. Well, uh, hey, just seems reasonable to me. It does. Yeah, that's a useful uh, use of our governmental resources. Also, nationalized Microsoft. Yeah. Why not? Um, but yeah, no, I would I would recommend uh, trying it again. It took me three times to get into the game, and I'm absolutely hooked now. It is um, uh, for someone who is not a huge fan of the social interactions in any given Zelda game. Mm-hmm. I thought that part would fall flat for me. It's fine. It is all very short. Like, mm-hmm. all the social interactions are just like, hey, hi, come over here, uh, which is perfect. And uh, for someone who is not always a big fan of open-world games, mm-hmm. uh, this one still still hits pretty good. Nice. All right. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I imagine we're going to see some more news as the consoles come out, even if it's bad news. Um I'm interested to see how that plays, but uh, John, uh, thanks for being here. No problem. We'll be back next week. Talk to you next week. Later. Welcome to Patch Notes. We're back. It is uh, October the 8th. Something I should probably have been doing the whole time is giving the date, but um, we'll just start now over a year into it um i'm here with uh, mr john bernhard hello not too hey, much how are up? you i'm all right it's been one week since we <laughs> last spoke but only about two minutes yeah at home. it's Maybe been less. two really really kind of slow weeks of news um such that i actually forgot that we did not that i did not post the last one not because it was a bad episode but because we really were just kind of chatting with each other because the news was I mean, minimal is being polite. Um, just like not a lot. Um, and we've going got on. another minimal week. Yeah, we got another week like that this week, except for um, it's all bad. It's all bad news. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So we're 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 in that doldrums before the uh, the new consoles get released. Um, and that's gonna be. I want to say it's it's like four weeks now right like they're coming third week in november uh yeah i think that's right um it's definitely coming up like i i think i feel like it's like second week it's like yeah it's like the ninth to the twelfth or something it's like right after the election it's gonna be a nice thing after the election just to be able to oh yeah ignore everything going on joe biden's gonna outlaw gaming um you know how he feels about those tech nerds. I mean, how he feels about those tech nerds is one of the main things that recommends Joe Biden, or one of the only things, let me say. Yeah, it's it's like that in his um, pro 26 plus 6 equals 1 stance. I don't know that one. Um, Irish. Uh, Irish. Oh, oh, is he, is he, is um, he a... Counties. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, he's like he's he's, he's, he's... all right. So like I can say this because I'm like this too, but he's like kind mm-hmm. of a mutt. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of these guys who has English, German, and Irish ancestry. But he's like really pro um, IRA. But he yeah he's like he's like the the he's latched on to the Irish part of that, and he has been um. Yeah, like he was big. He was big pro IRA in the eighties wow. and nineties. Um, he's doing like a campaign um, event for like pro Irish campaign event about uh, the Good Friday Agreement, Brexit, and unification. So we could get a Jerry Adams endorsement um, like before tomorrow. this is all over. Yeah, possibly. I mean, that... um, I mean, he's been he's been part of that scene. For, I mean, that for is a cool. While. So yeah, like uh, around the edges, there are like one or, the one or two good stances that like. Old cantankerous white segregationist Democrats stumbled Yeah, the, into, the IRA stuff, and um, then the, the they think tech nerds years. are insufferable. Um, yeah, like oh, like hell, like even Republicans supported the IRA if they were from right parts of the country. Like Steve King, that not the, the novelist, the, the uh, Nazi, the shitty Long Island or St- Staten Island, one of those two. The Iowa guy or the other enclaves. guy? No, the other oh, guy, okay, the one okay. from New York. Um, I, b- I believe there's another Steve King who is he was the New York guy, um, and he's also a right wing uh, dude. But he also um, backed, you know, sending money to the IRA in the 80s and 90s because you know that was what new- white New York politicians did <laughs> um, across party lines. See, I didn't really realize um, that. I didn't. So I didn't. He, re- I I don't know much of the history of American responses to the IRA. So. Oh yeah, no, we hate the British, um, and it, it, it was it, just, it was great Democratic Party machine politics in mm-hmm. particular. But if you're a Republican in the city, like King is, or in the city's environs, uh, you get swept yeah. into that machine as well because it's sure, free money for you, basically. Um, and so he, of course, was put in the uh, indelicate position of having to defend why the IRA was okay, but not say the Palestinians or Al Qaeda after nine eleven. Because you know, because if he, because he was, he was out there supporting the bombers for the uh, for Irish unification, mm. um, and you know that's not an entirely difficult question to dodge because no one's really asking in good faith, and everyone already knows the answer, which is racism. <laughs> yes, um, that's why it's okay for the Irish to do it, and not okay for the Middle Correct. Easterners to do it. Um, so you know, it was never more than a gotcha, but it is still kind of an amusing gotcha. Um, so that's, uh, that's what's going on with, uh, Joe and the tech nerds. Hopefully he's going to yeah, be in video. One can only hope. We can and finally move on. we won't have to on. talk about this anymore. Yeah. Um, and then he will, you know, and then we'll all have to find new jobs as, um, I don't know, frack. That sounds good. There's going to be a lot of that in Pennsylvania, so I should be good. Yeah. I'm going to poison um, some water. So uh, let's let's just pull the bandage off and get to the bad news first. Uh, layoffs coming. Yeah. GameSpot. CNET too. Uh, it turns out I just saw that. Well, yeah. See, they got sold to this company, Red Ventures, which is like a, a gaming brand. It was like a branding company. Um, a couple weeks ago, I want to say about a month ago, um, Red Ventures, yeah, bought them. We saw something like this in my industry, of the industry I was formerly a part of, the uh, sports journalism. When Fracking. A, uh, <laughs> I believe it's called, yeah. When Authentic Brands Group, I believe their name is, uh, bought okay. Sports Illustrated. Um, I think I've discussed this on the show before. They bought Sports Illustrated, fired half the newsroom, um, 
on acquisition, then they fired the other half yeah. a little bit later. Um, and devolved the because they, all they wanted was the brand name Sports Illustrated, the most trusted name in sports you know journalism, uh, and they wanted to put that on like Nootropics and gyms and uh, other branded lifestyle. I mean, uh, uh, say what you will about these people, uh, but they are not. Um, they don't hide their intentions. <laughs> no, they don't. They they say what they're going to do right up front, and then they do it. Um, and so, what remains of Sports Illustrated is currently generated by uh, Gig economy bloggers who uh have to hustle daily maybe you know put up between 10 to 12 stories a day um no you cannot even you really can't even do a story a day like uh when deadspin was operating mm-hmm. old deadspin pre, pre not on deadspin um, yeah before being caved out from the inside and being puppeted around by capital like that uh mushroom um Thing that we all know what it, what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Um, before that, like old Deadspin, good Deadspin, um, they like their their guys and girls put out like a piece like every other day, and we're talking and piece was really widely defined. Like it could just be a, a dumb shit like blog ranking. Like they they went into into Slack and argued about cheeseburger right. toppings or something. Um, and they put out a ranked list of cheeseburger toppings to make the internet angry, and the internet would oblige because that's what the internet does. Um, Defector de- did this recently with that very example, and I got angry at them because they didn't put horseradish on. That's a weird thing to get mad at. I mean, that I I get yeah, that but, that would be a good thing on cheeseburger, but the, I gotta say that's weird to get mad at. I mean, it's internet mad. You know, you go into their comments, you yell at the, yell at Albert Bernanke, "Where the fucking horseradish at?" And then you hit enter, and then you close the browser window, and you're no longer mad. <laughs> Um, that's how yeah, the that's right. works. Um, um, so they put out like a piece a day. Usually it was a blog reaction to something that just happened. Um, 10 to 12 pieces a day. You're not getting quality reporting there. <laughs> you're not getting quality no. journalism. You're not even getting not quality really. blogging. <laughs> like you're not, you're not even, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, so that's the sports illustrate. And, and that's basically what I thought this red ventures group is going to do to GameSpot and the stuff that falls under CNET and GameSpot, like right. Giant Bomb. Um, and it looks like the news is uh, that between October 9th and 13th, uh, employees of these venture of these uh, organs that Red Ventures has bought from Viacom CBS will be receiving notice if they're staying. Oh, no. Everyone wow. else is getting laid off. That is horrible. Um yeah, uh, and I know we don't – I don't like talking about Giant Bomb on this show much because, like, it's, like, weird because we, I yeah, we're all friends. some of them from time yeah. to time. And, yeah, um, it's – so I'm not going to speculate what the future holds for them in particular except to say every time one of these sites with great institutional support dies or gets destroyed, it makes it harder not just for them – but for the rest of us who are out here in, like, oh, Patreon yeah. land. Because everyone's got finite dollars, especially in a pandemic and a crisis. When a guy like Jeff Gerstman has – is if he – if Giant Bomb is indeed no more after this, uh, if these guys if, – you know, if someone like Gerstman goes and sets up a Patreon, 
there he is entering a pool with a finite amount of water. Uh, Dia Dia Lucina said this said as best as best as I could, uh, or as best as anyone did, um, when she said that the um, basically Patreon in like especially in like queer circles, but I think in in a, a lot of circles nowadays is effectively like everyone just handing each other their money, like a sort of like yeah. <laughs> everyone puts money in the pot and you you find someone to to give it to and and everyone kind of just like takes a turn and sends money around um and if if jeff yep. joined if, if that happened and jeff joined i mean listen like if jeff had to join patreon that would be uh a loss for uh games writing um not l let alone my bottom line so i would fully encourage that if that were a way he could keep going but um yeah, it would totally affect things. I mean, absolutely. It's it's not a it's yeah it it uh I'm trying to think of the way it's it's not a closed ecosystem. Yeah, and I've you know I've seen this uh, in sports writing too, as all of my colleague former colleagues and friends have gotten laid off, and they've gone to mm -hmm. Substack. Yep, yep. Um, and gotten newsletters, and now suddenly I have to decide. Okay, I've got maybe fifteen dollars a month, maybe. I can justify spending on boutique sports takes. Which ones do I buy? And the only reason, and yeah, and, and the only reason I'm doing this is all is because I love these people and want them to succeed mm -hmm, and they right. need money. How do I send my fifteen dollars? It's like that those fucking memes, except uh, a lot more depressing. Please help, my family is starving. Um, you know, you've got you've got you know it's one of those grids with a picture of every single one of your former coworkers on it. With dollars listed and saying you could, you only have fifteen dollars, spend them all. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a bad place to be. Obviously, hey, maybe the best will happen. Maybe um, they'll negotiate some sort of buyout, spin out. Uh, maybe they'll be fine. Maybe they won't need a Patreon. Uh, maybe good things will happen. But the thing is, I've always I've learned is that a change in ownership, just the very fact of a change in ownership in a media property, is yep. never good. That is absolutely Ever. correct. It never turns out well because it is always an excuse to cut jobs. Sure, of course. And I mean, the whole point of it is, you know, you want to, you have to um, buy these things and then hope they make a profit, right? The, the, the whole idea is maybe at some point they will make a profit and until, whoa, until they do, sorry, I, my cat jumped up. Uh, <laughs> until they do, uh, you are losing money. And uh, that's really bad. Like you, as, as, a, as a person who is, interested in um you know selling these things at a profit or making money off of a, something that you buy as a uh devalued um uh devalued commodity uh you need to make it as cheap as possible so you can make money as fast as possible that's the whole point and it's, it yeah yep and no. it's not sustainable and and, and you, it's not sustainable you're buying it's these 100 percent clear them. that it's not sustainable too it's not like that's that's a surprise yeah it's not even like strip mining it's like you know, resurrecting the dead and turning them, hollowing them out, putting explosives inside them and sending them out into the world or something. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, turning them into it's it's horrific and freakish the way that financialized capital behaves. Yeah, I mean, basically all it is is you you hope that um, what you can do is you want to produce a a commodity that will get you money just as long as people recognize that. You know, as long as people sort of don't make the connection, right? Like you want on Deadspin for the period of time that people are like, oh, I like Deadspin. I'll, I'll keep clicking here. And then you get all the money you can. But after that happens, you know people are going to leave. You know it's not a permanent venture. 
So like you have to just kind of make your money and go. It's sort of like it's sort of like in um, Mass Effect, the uh, the Reavers or the Reapers that uh, that go right and like jail. basically eat solar systems and leave. <laughs> it's just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's the aliens from Independence yeah. Day. We prefigured ourselves. It was like a time travel movie. The, t- the the aliens weren't aliens. They were us coming back from the future. Same with Man of Steel, the Superman movie done by Zack Snyder. The, the Kryptonians aren't Kryptonians. They're humans from the future come mm. back to destroy us. They're right. capitalists. Right. You know? That's why the entire the entire thing about, you know, the, the, the entire plan for uh, Zod in that movie is he's going to, quote-unquote, turn the Earth into Krypton. But all he's doing is hollowing out and destroying it with right. his world engine. I didn't watch that movie, um, but I, I'm following like, you. Yeah, there's like there's like you know like there's an entire sequence which is basically that scene from Terminator Two where the nukes fall, and suddenly and the the every and then you see the everything clears and there's the skulls. You remember the skulls from yeah. the beginning of Terminator Two where the the the, the footprint. Yeah, and there's a reason he invokes that. You know, Snyder is <laughs> he's an he's an idiot but he's not a fool he knows what he's doing with you're a cameras. huge Zack Snyder fan that's what um, I'm hearing yeah um but you know it wasn't a mis- and like this is not really subtle shit or like oh you need to go to f- film school to know this no he put it right there in front of you I watched Terminator 2 <laughs> the giant neon sign so yeah like the, this idea you know all those anxieties we've had in in a lot of our films and media for the past two decades about you know locusts and stuff coming to conquer and eat us and take all our resources then move on which has been a fairly consistent theme through um sci-fi like that invasion stuff like that really all it is is this you know the the punched up sexier fun action version of financialized yeah no exactly and i mean the the thing about the thing to know about financialized capital in this in this instance is that you know, people will people will debate over like, well, is you know, do, do, are they are they do they know they're evil or like what are they trying to do or like is it is it an actively evil, cruel thing or is it some mm-hmm. sort of version of like you know bad um, intentions or whatever, right? Um, the thing is they know exactly what's going on it's not evil necessarily any more that you know any more than everything is evil <laughs> it's no more evil let's say than yeah. than just normal uh, financialized capital it's just it's it's strip mining as you say um absolutely just like you know get the get the materials uh get the get the profit and leave um it is a machine whose perfection is matched only mm-hmm. by its that's, Yep, it's the Terminator. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And so, like, you know, it's not to defend it. Of course not. Um, I have no interest in defending it. But it's to say getting mad at it does um, nothing. Yeah, it's, it, 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 you know, saying, oh, what? But yeah. you're bad. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't really stop. You need to be a bit more forceful in your critiques, um, parody terms of service. <laughs> In any case, yeah, it's it, so. I I am really hoping for the best for my friends at Giant Bomb. I hope um, I hope Alex and Ben and and uh, even people who weren't on the show, uh, who I also really like reading, um, <laughs> are doing okay and will be doing okay. I'm sure if worse does come to worst, they will um, they will find new work because uh, you know they're incredibly gifted writers and uh, they're known quantities. But it is uh, it's very scary. Um, 
you know, friend of the show, David Roth, went through it with Deadspin. Uh, Defector's doing well now, but, you know, it's, uh, is that sustainable? Probably not, right? <laughs> like, also, they had the, I mean, if you look at Defector for more than um, a couple seconds, you can tell uh, they've had an angel investor. Oh, have they? There's, there's sort of a reason Warby Parker's uh, advertisements are the only ones all over that website. Yeah, that's okay. Um, so yeah, they. I mean, it's it's not you know, it's not bad. It's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's just you know how many uh, boutique uh, glasses manufacturers are there out there who are willing to subsidize your, um, your pop culture or sports entertainment. Uh, yeah, not a lot. Site. There's a limited um, number. In return for, yeah, yeah, like, um, how many sugar daddies like this are there out there? Correct. Many. Um, and as we've seen in print media, yeah, just hoping you'll be bought by a nice billionaire. Um, isn't, doesn't yeah, really Pierre Omidoyar is not coming like only... through that door. He's not all no, that nice. He's, yeah. he's not <laughs> just, that nice. I came up with the one <laughs> like that the, I The nicest of. one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, the ones he, that I can think of are, uh, who was the one at the LA Times? I think it's the LA Times. It might be San Diego. Night. Nice. John's just googling "nice billionaire." Yes, uh, Patrick Sunshan is the uh, billionaire who bought um, the Los Angeles Times, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes, um, and he seems like to be the only one. Uh, the Times is not great. Still, I mean, the Times is a major. Amer- the LA Times is a major American newspaper. They're going to have as many missteps as that implies, given who they serve and the context yeah, they sure. exist in. But when you look at L.A. Times next to the other newspaper owned by a, a big billionaire, the Washington Post. It's a lot better. <laughs> is a certain, and, and Sun Shang is, I'm probably mispronouncing his name. But, and how dare uh, you? <laughs> he's probably, he's probably not great because he's a billionaire and that's a moral failing, uh, that is both a moral failing in and of itself and an indicator of mm-hmm. other moral failings. But he's probably not as evil as Jeff Bezos. <laughs> it would be tough. I mean, it would be difficult. Well, and, and like, you're also comparing sort of apples... I'm not, not, I'm not blaming you for it, but in comparing those things, it's comparing apples to oranges a bit because you're ultimately asking what would this single person do as opposed to in the case of uh, these sort of venture capital companies, it's what would a number of people in a company do? Where you're actually asking the question yeah. of, like, okay, so, like... What are they going to do? Well, they're going to do the thing that is most profitable at any given time. Like Jeff Bezos might do something that just like fits his whims. You can you can ask you can mm-hmm. maybe hope for some sort of like weird like uh, 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 idiosyncrasy with a billionaire with a venture capitalism fund. It's just it's it's by the books. No, I mean we've we've seen what financialized capital does mm-hmm. in the media. Yeah, space. it's not going to be any different. Um, and and they destroy. Chris it. Person <laughs> pointed this out. Um, and I mean, Chris is someone who has uh, directly uh, been affected by this. In fact, has gone into the Patreon sphere himself. He was, um, yeah, he was. He was uh, one of the people who. Left uh, yes, uh, I believe he was laid off from Kotaku, yes. um, but has uh, the, the union helped him keep um, uh, keep highlight reel the title and the property intellectual property, and so he moved that to Patreon. Um, in any case, uh, you should go listen to uh, his episode that was just, uh, I guess, like a week or two ago. Um, but nice. uh, more details there. But uh, yeah, Chris was saying, you know, uh, this is horrible. Uh, seeing the CNET layoffs, but 
it also is true that none of this is going to change until we actually get control over the essential means of production, which in this case are, you know, don't roll your eyes with me saying means of production audience, because I will, I will specify what they are. Um, what that means is the, um, the actual websites and organs of um, getting stuff out there right? Deadspin counts as the means of production in this case, the website deadspin.com. Um, and until... Yep. We also need yep. infrastructure control, like mm -hmm. the platform control. Like, I mean, um, this needs to start with uh, some dragon slang and Facebook and Google yep. are the dragons here. Um, and it becomes difficult to envision a landscape where meaningful antitrust and uh, further reform has broken up those companies, um, but it's what has to be done, and I'm not sure. Um, frankly, I have no idea how that would be accomplished in America as a political project uh, through the norms of our institutions because they have withered to such a degree. Um, but uh, it has to yeah. happen. Like that's where that's where the locus of that you know change has to occur. And, you know, this is not a manufacturing country anymore. Like, that's gone. Like, the, the way to seize the means of production isn't to build factories. No, that is, yeah, and that's something I've reason. said on the, on the Marx podcast. Like, the, to, to imagine that is just to kind of make a, a big mistake. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's to misunderstand uh, the theory for its aesthetics, for what, for what existed mm -hmm. in the world. That, was, that ex was extant when Marx wrote because uh, the theories can be applied everywhere, you know. It's it's not just we we don't have to go back. We to have Marx's to go back. England. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean that's and that's why the the real locus of organizing in this country right now is uh, service industry delivery, for instance, mm -hmm. um, and food workers, and you know all that stuff, especially Amazon delivery. And uh, they're going to fight that as violently as they fought the labor organizing in the early part sure of the are. century. And it is going to get ugly. And yeah, I mean, it's 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 all stuff you've heard. You don't need to hear it from us again. But it is, it's hard to see happen to to France. So you know, uh, try and be kind to whoever you can, and you know, understand. Uh, I think everyone in this world, my, I'll I'll say it for myself, understands when you can only support so many things. Uh, you know, I've always been appreciative of your yep. support. I get why it would not always continue in the world that we live in. So, you know, just be good to everyone uh, and, and try and be nice to people who are probably getting laid off soon. Yep. Um, and that concludes the dispiriting business portion. <laughs> and, and the program itself. Um, um, yeah, I mean, we don't have much else. The other thing, the other big thing that happened this week, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 entered. Yeah, early I saw access. that. Have you played it yet? Um, I have not. It's They've released an early access for $60, in other words, a full price, uh, with only Act 1. And from the people I've talked to, it is a hot garbage. Um, That's unfortunate. Basically, well, they're doing a couple of things here that are unfortunate to begin with. One, they're trying to do Dungeons & Dragons fit. Uh, it's made by Larian Studios, the people who made Divinity Original okay. Sin. Okay, well, I like Divinity um, Original Sin. So, yeah, so, and, and the sequel. So they're, they're trying to do turn-based tactical combat in what is called theater of the mind. Uh, like, tactical, like, basically, 
the way five fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons is meant to be played is the same way as third edition of Dungeons and Dragons, where you don't necessarily need a like a tabletop map and miniatures and like you're not wargaming, you're not playing Warhammer, you're not moving around the board and tactically engaging yeah, in actual it's about board thinking game combat. Or something? That was yeah. The, there's there's a lot of reason think reason, things people tell themselves about why the addition of Dungeons and Dragons they prefer is superior. Uh, I'm not going to get into edition wars on this podcast, except to say that fourth edition is the best edition of Dungeons Great. and Dragons. We've gotten into we've uh, gotten direct, into it. <laughs> please direct all comments to at uh, mm. Yeah, I'll have a lot to say about com. it. Yeah. Um, anyway, fourth edition was the one that did codify all that, turned it into basically a board game. Um, so you you know with a grid and you know co- uh, you know everything is in five foot increments Fine, and blah sure. blah 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 blah. This is in, like, okay, you can move 18 feet on your turn, let's say, if you charge or something. Or you can move 9 feet in a single act- in a single move action. And, you know, 9 feet doesn't really map really well Ugh. to the normal environs of a room. So, especially when what they're doing is if you play Divinity Original Sin 2 um, and the original and Original Sin, you know that their stock and trade is these environmental... Uh, conditions mm-hmm. like you spill oil on the floor and now that means you can coat enemies in oil or light the oil on fire and if there's poison gas around when you light the oil on fire the poison gas will explode right sure. that sort of stuff um and it seems and from what i've heard from my friends who've played it uh the 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 framing and the the hit det- not really hit detection but collision for what you can move to and what you can stand on and what you can't is not there. Oh boy. Um, needs to be, needs to be That's really a shame. looked at. Um, there's also stuff about uh, encounter composition. Apparently there's a lot of, do you remember it, a lot of people in, in final, uh, for when they want to make a, like say they're modding Final Fantasy Tactics because modding Final Fantasy Tactics was a huge like internet subculture before for the modding scene and like, Sure, know, okay, that makes aunts, sense. I want to say. Um, the way that you, if you wanted to make something harder, but only like, but like in the stupidest way possible, like if you were just, if you didn't really understand encounter design, but you were a modder and you wanted to make an encounter harder, what would you do? Well, you'd go to the highest place in the map possible and you just layer archers. Okay, yeah, there. sure. Because, hey, now there's all these death dealing archers that you can't get to easily and that can kill you really quickly. And obviously, that's not really a fun tactical right. encounter. It will kill you. It is difficult, but it is not a well-designed encounter. And apparently, um, the encounter designs are in similar. Baldur's Gate Three so far suffer suffer from a bit of okay. Here's six goblins oh, standing on man. top of a building. That's so uncreative. I always hated that. Bows. Yeah. Um, there's also stuff in the. It, it also sounds like it suffers a bit from evil GM. Um, maladies, like, for instance, uh, the dialogue checks punish you. Like, let's say you... you but the whole you, point like, of the game is... So, yeah, so you, if you, there's, there's apparently multiple instances where you, 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 you get your list of options, and one of them is to pass a moderately difficult, but not incredibly difficult attribute check, like wisdom. Okay, sure. You do that. 
the next thing you get, and this is basically the only thing you get because you've changed, because you've now progressed down this dialogue tree and can't, like, undo saying what you just said, is an even more difficult check on a different uh. attribute, which you had no idea what it was going in. So if you're a high whiz but low int character, and there are, I, I want to say clerics, or, or what you build a high whiz, low int character in D&D 5th edition, um, you can pass that whiz check, and then suddenly you're hit with an even bigger That you are definitely check. not going to pass. That you're, that you're going to fail. Huh. Yeah. Great. Um, and <laughs> Sounds really fun. There's, 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 apparently, there's apparently a, a particularly vicious uh, save or die situation in the first couple minutes, or the first little bit of the game. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of stuff to, ham- to, to, to work out. Uh, it also sounds like it has the normal Larian uh, idiosyncrasies with writing, which is that they're, they're a very uh-huh, goofy uh-huh. studio. I'm not sure that um, Baldur's Gate fans are really there. I mean, obviously, they're there for Goofy. There, were, there, there was a guy with the space hamster. It was a huge part okay. of Minsk. Uh, and his space hamster were a huge part of B uh, Baldur's Gate lore, but like those are those are accents on what is a, a fairly serious, n- quote unquote, normal D and D fantasy setting. Um, if everyone's kind of goofy all the time, and if you've played Divinity: Original Sin, th- those are games where everyone's kind of <laughs> goofy all the time. Um, it, it it has a different feel to it. Um, one thing that I have heard said in its favor. Uh, but also as a criticism, is it does have very robust like evil okay. paths. Um, some people were concerned that there were too much. There was too much evil. Like the there were too many evil characters in there. But it it's possible they just chose the wrong characters to get invested. Yeah, that's in or always something. possible. Um, yeah, uh, or didn't take the right you know turn at a fork. Like you know ran into the evil wizard instead of running into the good i feel like i feel like the the evil routes are cool but also always a risk that way where like you end up you end up just kind of having um interesting interesting elements to to talk about um and to to play in but they can be they can feel it's kind of the tyranny problem right like tyranny was an interesting idea and then in execution everyone was like this is a little much yeah, I mean, it's sort of like the Legion problem from sure. yep. Vegas, right? Like, you do all that content for the Legion, but no one wants to play right. it. Right, no one wants to be that guy. <laughs> no one wants to be in the Legion. They open up as sex slavers and genociders. Like, that's your, your first um, uh, encounter with them is uh, them executing an entire town by lot. <laughs> and then your second encounter with them is with them dragging away, like, uh, a family of, you know, three or something to be, you know, <laughs> raped at their camp. Uh, and there's an entire, you know, thre- uh, quest line to work with the Legion beyond that. <laughs> that not a lot of people play. And I've never <laughs> seen it. <laughs> and, it, yeah, and you, I've never seen it. Uh, if you go to, um, I want to say, if you, uh, this used to be true, it probably is still true, but if you look at the uh, list of achievements um, uh, for New Vegas on... Oh, hell, I'm on Steam right now. I can do this at the moment while I'm talking to you. One sec. Let me look at this list of achievements for Fallout New Vegas. Check out the Chivos. Uh, view my achievements. How do I view all achievements? View global achievement stats. Oh, what is the 
Right. So the last um, mission in the Legion campaign is render unto okay. Caesar, yep. and that you uh, you get that you get that event, uh, that that achievement, when you complete the Legion campaign. Three point seven percent of all players have gotten that. Um, that is below the four point six percent of players who have played the game from start to finish in hardcore Oof. mode. In other words, the specialty super hard difficulty. This is the real mode hard mode. Has, yeah, has been completed more by players of Fallout New Vegas on Steam than the Legion mm -hmm. quest line. So, but it's in there. If you want to play it, it's in there. Um, but that said, if I was doing a Fallout New Vegas in early access, I wouldn't lead with the Legion content. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, it's it's again, like you said, it's hard to say whether or not they got the that they led with that content, or if the people just picked the wrong content. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of ways that could have gone down. Yeah. And I obviously haven't played it. I can't actually render that much of a judgment on it yet. And it is obviously still in early access. But I do think that, and this isn't my take alone that it has been having problems. This is you know, this is a kind of a widely held take. Uh, I want to say both Kotaku and Polygon have negative reviews of uh, it in early access up right now. It feels like a fundamental misread of what the purpose of early access is in the marketplace. Right. Um, they seem to be viewing it as an actual alpha beta service where they put out a unfinished build and they get feedback from players and they tune it and revise that's it. A, in that's real a bold time, thing to do for is, this it's, game. It's, that's what it's supposed to be there for. It's what it's supposed to be there for. That's the dream. But that's not how early access works well, in the marketplace. It, not I was going to say, not especially now. not for games like Baldur's Gate 3, which is a huge game. Like, yeah. You can't put that out in early access and be like, okay, everyone, like, let's let's put our heads together. In games like like Hades, you probably could before it was like a big deal. Well, no, here's the thing: Hades released with a full, complete mechanical oh, game go. loop, and with a beginning and an end. They knew what they were doing. They gave you a complete game in terms, and not a complete story, but a complete game. You could start, you could finish, you could do the runs. All the mechanics were in there. All they did in the two-year build-out was add content and add context to that core game loop. Supergiant understood yep. what the fuck they were doing with early access. Here, like they they weren't like you know coming into uh, EA saying, "Hey, here's you can't finish a run yet, but we really would like you to help us bug test these five rooms." <laughs> um, what we're seeing with 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 Baldur's Gate here is. You know, this is your chance to put your foot forward. This is your chance to define what this product is going to be and drive that conversation. Now, projects have recovered from bad early oh, access. Oh, 100%. I mean, it, I, usually, I think you could, yeah. you could even usually point to they, something like that had a disastrous one, like, um, uh, like um, what? Um, why am I? No, oh, no Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. That wasn't early access necessarily, yeah. but it was like truly just like an utter, utter failure that ended up people ended up pretty much liking it. Um, Hell, it just got another huge new yeah. update a couple So weeks you can, ago, you can bounce back from anything, really. It's just not yeah. where you want to start with a game like this. Yeah, especially not, like, when you price point your early access at $60, you are making a statement 
about what the product is that they're going to buy, regardless of that early access tag, regardless of any information you type into the store box info window in Steam. When people buy a $60 game in early access, they expect something that's mostly done, and like they well, they expect a product, a full product is what they expect, and like they're they'll be willing to like see problems with it and work with it or something. They want but, a game, you know. They want a game. They don't want Act One of the game, especially especially a story driven game. You need to have most, if not all, of it in there. Yeah, this feels like this feels. It reminds me more of like the way um, Shareware used to be, right? Um, mm -hmm. This idea of like, oh, like we're we're doing, um, we'll do we'll do like the first disc, um, and then you can buy the rest afterwards. Um, and it just yep. it's it's not a it's not viable. Not not now. Not when like you know purchasing yeah. and things like that just like they just don't work that way anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to say it's not viable mainly because I I don't think that this is like actually gonna kill their project. I do think they're gonna you know there's gonna be a point in development where they say okay we're taking it down and we're relaunching it like we're gonna go radio silent for a little bit and then we're gonna come I was back gonna say they I don't think it'll kill the project. I do think they're gonna have to change. Like they're gonna have to reverse course on this one a little bit. Yeah, I mean, or they're not. I mean, who knows? Um, the reviews have not been positive from what I've seen, and it hasn't been review review bombing. It's actually um, just been, yeah, like unpleasant reviews. <laughs> let's see here. Apparently, the Steam reviews are back up to very okay, positive. Okay, well, good, good for them, um, I guess. I mean, it's a game that should not fail, right? It has enough of a, it has enough yep. of a, like a new Baldur's Gate game should be a success. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, so they're not getting review bombs, so that's good. I mean, I'm not paying $60 for it until I get more than Act 1, mm -hmm. at least. Um, I really do want a Baldur's, a new Baldur's Gate to be good, but, um, you know, I'm going to have to have the whole product in my hands before I spend that kind of money on it. Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, I'm not gonna. I I was interested in it, and but I'm not gonna pay sixty dollars for it right now. I mean, I I and and you know what? Like that's not something that I believe about. You know, like just any game. That's like it's you know that's fine. Like I I think it's fine to pay money for games. Um, I just think it's also fine to want the full game when you <laughs> when you want when you get it. Yeah. Yep. All right, so you know we'll check back in on. Yeah, Gate maybe so, if anyone in the audience has played it and want to talk right. about it, please, please let me know. Um, I'd love to hear what other people who actually played it think about it. Obviously, John and I are going to wait. Um, we'll probably both play it at some point, though. Um, John, what are you playing right now? Uh, I am playing. I've got two things. I just reviewed Pendragon for uh, Goon. Is that some sort of com. King Arthur? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the review's dropping on Friday, which will be in the past by the time you hear this. But um, it's so it's sort of like it is a it's sort of like chess. Um, it is a tactical position. Is it a It's a tactical mm -hmm. game. In other words, it's turn based. You move pieces around a board, units around a board. You're technically fighting, but the point of strategy and the point of tactical uh, improvisation and optimization is in movement and positioning, not in attacks. Like, you don't have, like, 
better versions of, you know, your, your guns or spears or up, you don't upgrade weapons or anything like that. You don't have an equipment menu. Um, it works like chess in that, you know, uh, combat works as the following. The attacker takes the okay. defender. Like there is, you, you get, your ta- it, when a piece is taken, it's removed from the board. Whoa. Um, attacker always wins. Yeah, attacker always wins. It's a weird meta. Do you think it's going to last? I mean, it seems like something that's untenable. Yeah. So the way that they make this interesting is you have two different uh, stances. Like, so each board is like a chessboard, um, and you start moving from the far left. It's like a chessboard seen from the side, so it's like a diagonal, like a diamond, okay. sort of. Um, the isometric view you hear so much about in um, for tactical games. And the idea is you start on the far left corner, and you need to move to the far right corner. That is always your goal. The goal is to get one piece from the far left okay. to the far right. Um, now you can, there are uh, there are other ways to win subways. Like if you kill everybody on the map, obviously they're not going to make you play out the string of moving to the uh, far fair enough. Right yeah, corner. that's that's that makes sense. Yeah, but that is you know, but you're only killing everyone on the map in service of making it possible to get to that far right corner. If you get to the far right corner with enemies still on the map, you hmm. win. Okay. Um, and to do this, obviously, if, if you imagine your chessboard sort of on its side like a diamond, you'll realize that to get from the – to do the bishop movement from the very bottom of the – from the left to the right on the diagonal is always faster than moving, uh, you know, on the ordinal routes, um, you know, which would be, you know, normal pawn okay. movement, basically. So the way they, they square the circle is – uh, if you want to move linearly, and I put that in quotation marks because it doesn't really mean anything, <laughs> uh, or in other words, you know, move in the cardinal directions on this. And as you're such a big St. Louis fan, uh, that was easy to decide yeah. to do. Um, you're slower. It takes you less time, and it's more awkward to get from uh, left to right because you're not moving in a straight line. You're, you know, you're going up and then down and up and then down and up and then down. You're, you're moving through twice as many squares. Because um, you're not skipping any, the way the diagonal route does. But you can attack while you're in this okay. ordinal stance. Uh, if you're in a diagonal stance, you obviously move much more quickly and you're much more mobile across the map. But you cannot attack. Hmm. Um, and changing your stance ends your turn. So you can't flip stance and then attack or something. Like you can't diagonal move into a, a square and then switch to linear uh, to linear stance. And so you're, I mean, it's it's unless you have a power that it's lets kind you of do like that. chess with more decisions. Is what you're what you're telling me? Yes, chess with more decisions, and obviously your pieces eventually. Like uh, I started as Guinevere, the queen, because uh, you're playing the the conceit of the game is you're playing out the very last days of the Arthurian That's a shame. cycle. Uh, Mordred has broken the Round Table. Um, and has run off to uh, to that place in Wales. One second. Uh, swim, slim, For whim, whim, vern. It's like I could be right. Okay. Camlin, uh, at the Battle of Camlin is Sounds where fine. Arthur falls uh, to Mordred. So what you're doing basically is you play the you know four to six days between when Mordred breaks the round table at Camelot and when Arthur and Mordred um, confront each other at Camelot. Maybe it's not between those two events. You play the four to six days 
before the battle at Camlin. Um, and you do it from a variety of different perspectives. Like, I played as Guinevere, and, you know, her story has her arriving basically just in time to have Arthur valiantly die yeah. to save her. Uh, and then I killed Mordred okay. as Guinevere. Um, but I could tell while doing that run, if I was better at the game, if I had optimized my progression through levels better, if I was better at playing, I could have mm. saved Arthur. Um, and maybe I could have arrived earlier and stopped him from being, you know, uh, half dead when I found right. him in the first place. Um, and then once I beat it with Guinevere, it unlocked uh, Morgana Le Fay, who I'd actually encountered as Guinevere on the uh, road to Camwell, uh, Camlin, Jesus. Um, and, you know, and she joined my party and uh, unlocked a new ability for Guinevere. Okay. By the time Guinevere made it to uh, the battle with Mordred, she was actually able to attack on the okay. diagonals um, because I had unlocked that as an ability. And so these these characters are always gaining and losing abilities like that. And it's a run-based game, so you, you progress. Uh, so, like, you know, Guinevere does her four days. That's fine. That's done. I tick a marker up um, on, like, the uh, completion meter. Like, how many, how many runs have you done? And then the next character I can pick up is Lancelot. He starts in a different place on the map. Encounters different characters on his way to Camlin. Um, he unlocks different progressions. He attacks in a different way. Right. That sort of thing. Uh, it's It's been fun. Um, if the chess thing sounds fun, then that's what I'd, you know, that's when I'd say okay. this is the game for you. The positioning just wasn't that fun for me. Um, but it was very well written. The It seemed very engaging. It seemed like it had a lot of replay value. It's from the same people who did Heaven's Vault. Um, if if people know what that game is and liked it, uh, I know some of my I, friends. I don't did. know it, but um, it does sound interesting. Uh, the yeah, the other game I've been playing is completely stupid. I reinstalled Titans oh, Quest. How's that been? Um, because it's been fine. It's uh, you know, I I got the legendary the anniversary edition. Um, I guess I guess a couple years back when it came out. That's the edition you now. get when it's your anniversary. Uh, yes, uh, it was the ten year anniversary or something of the game actually. Mm -hmm. It's a very old game. Um, it was the precursor to Grim Dawn, which is now also, like, yeah. five years old. Um, and, yeah, that's been my mindless, like, listening to music podcast. Um, you know, just click, click and things die. That's uh, fun. Game. Uh, Sounds good. Else. Yep. What have you been um, I've been in, in a um, uh, Breath of the Wild hold, hole. Um, I... Did we talk about this last? We talked about this last time, right? That you didn't, you're not a big yeah. fan of it, or you didn't. Uh, I, I need a pro control. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still into Breath of the Wild. Um, it's good. It's really good. It's um, I don't know. It's a, it's a really smart game because it, it just kind of works for kind of most of the moods one would be in. Uh, it is. It, I, I mean, you can see why uh, Genshin Impact has had such a big uh, impact uh -huh. um, since it, uh, I don't know, like it, it is, it is a game that is very much like its own thing. Um, I've never really seen anything quite like it. Uh, so it's been fun. Like I've, and I've, I found myself getting very addicted to it. Um been playing that, and uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but uh, I, I mean, I don't really have to say that much about 
Breath of the Wild, I'm pretty sure. Most everyone listening to this has played it before I have, uh, but it just took me a long time to get into. Um, I've also been playing World's End Club. I can't remember if I talked about World's End Club uh, before on here, and I don't think I did, um, which is a game on Apple Arcade. If you have um, an iPhone, you can play it. Uh, it is coming out for Switch later, um, but it is by some of the writers for uh, Ronpa and... Um, the nonary games, if you know those, those are two uh, very famous uh, uh, visual novels. Um, the nonary games, uh, uh, the the thing you probably know the best for is Zero Escape. Um, but basically, just like a the whole premise of the nonary games is you're in a in a crazy situation where some person wants you dead, and you have to like only three of you can survive or something along those lines. Um, and World's End Club is is similarly strange, uh, but it is a bunch of 13-year-olds uh, trying to find their way back to Tokyo after uh, they are mysteriously sort of transported away from it. And I'm not too... I'm, I'm kind of... I'm through the beginning. I'm into it. But it is... Um, I've, I've heard mixed things about where it goes. It is very cool to begin with. So, like, I think if you're at all interested in the, in the um, visual novel form, and you have Apple Arcade, which is pretty cheap. Um, it's worth giving a shot. It's uh, it's free with your subscription Apple Arcade, so it's probably probably worth giving a try. Um, I think it's really fun. Uh, it it is, uh, and I mean the characterization and the writing and all that is is cool too. So far, I mean these games are always ones that can turn on the dime. You can get uh, all of a sudden very bad writing uh, just coming up, especially when they're um, you know this is a game that is. Uh, you know, the first act is on much like Baldur's Gate three. The first act is on uh, Apple uh, Apple Arcade. The second, the the well, yeah, the end of the game will be released later on Switch. So you know, you're kind of playing an early game, but I would, uh, if you have the ability to, I think it's really fun. Um, and yeah, um, I also will say Shibuya Scramble just came out, which is another um, game that had been for a long time untranslated. Um, and is a really wild uh, visual novel that you can get on Steam and PS4 now. So, uh, if you're into, if you're interested in a new genre, you might try the visual novel. They are much maligned, but um, actually pretty neat. Not just for porn. Never anymore. just for porn is the thing. But yeah. it, you would be forgiven for thinking that. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, so yeah, that's where I've been at. So John, um, what, what is your prediction for news next week? Who's going to be our depressing? Uh, main character. I think uh, we're going to see another merger and uh, it will involve um, uh, someone being kicked out of Smash Brothers as a result. Ooh, I mean, that's a good bet um, regardless. Oh, we didn't even talk about Minecraft Steve and Smash. Probably Minecraft Steve is in Smash. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I feel like the the, I got a, I got um, a, a, a message from uh, Eric Kane, um, my friend and agent, uh, who just, just asking me is his name actually Minecraft Steve? And I was like, yes, it is. It is. And he's like, oh, that's... And he's more popular very than dumb. Jesus. <laughs> like, yes, it is. And... Uh, no, he's, he's seriously like the third most well-known video game character. Yeah, no, ever. for sure. My, it's, it's Minecraft terrifying. Steve. Um, all right. Well, next week, the death of Minecraft Steve. Uh, will, will Minecraft Steve survive? <laughs> At the hands of the traitor <laughs> will, Jonathan. Will, will Minecraft Steve survive his trial? See you next week on next week's episode, <laughs> The Death of Minecraft Steve. Um, all right. Well, John, uh, 
wet your wet your blade, my friend. Um, for Minecraft, Steve knows no mercy, and uh, I will talk to you next week. Good night. All right. Good night.